talks about how Satan works, and we're going to take some time to consider how we can overcome him this morning. You can be turning with me in your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. And I hope this will encourage us to, uh, to fight the good fight, because we are in a battle, a spiritual battle. And uh, we need to be prepared each and every day, because the devil never gives up and he never quits. So let's pray for a moment, set our minds, and just uh, have a great time together studying the Word of God. Uh, God and Father in heaven, thank you so much for sending Jesus to rescue us. Uh, we, we can't even imagine where we would be without him. Well, God, you've been so gracious. You've loved us so deeply, more than we deserve, more than we can even comprehend. Bless our time together today that we could understand that we've been saved, yes, to have the hope of heaven, but also to help save others. Guide us, strengthen us, and help us to be a light in this dark world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Matthew chapter 12, uh, Jesus is, um, is speaking here. And, you know, there were a number of times when the Pharisees were always trying to entrap Jesus. And he was smart enough and wise enough to, to always see it coming and to provide the right answer. In Matthew 12, verse 22, says, Then they brought him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, it is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, because you got to understand, they didn't say it to him. They just said it amongst themselves. So it's like they're on the side having their little gossip session. But Jesus can hear you, even your thoughts. Even right now, he hears your thoughts. Says, and, and so knowing their thoughts, Jesus responds to their secret interaction here. Every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How can his kingdom stand? And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive, drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or again, how can anyone enter a strong man's house... And carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man, then he can plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. And I really want us to, to focus on this statement that Jesus makes here when he says, How can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first Binds up the strong man. See, Satan is the strong man. And today, we're going to talk about binding up 
the strong man. Because God wants us to take his possessions. And his possessions are lost souls. But we can't take the lost souls and bring them to God unless we first know how to bind up the strong man. Now, Jesus uses a great analogy here because he does say Satan is a strong man. The devil is an adversary to be reckoned with. And we cannot afford to forget what we're up against or who we're up against. Because if we naively underestimate what he can do, he will take captive of us. He will overcome us. Now let's look at some scriptures together. Revelation 12, verse 7. Just remembering who our adversary is, who our enemy is. Revelation 12, verse 7 says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. Even though he's a strong man, there's a stronger man. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. You know, there's some scary descriptions of Satan in this passage. The dragon, the ancient serpent, the devil, or Satan. That's not somebody you just fool around with. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We're not involved in a physical battle. We're involved in a spiritual battle. And our spiritual enemy is the devil of hell. And, the, and, and Jesus says here, the scriptures say here, that we're, 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 our struggle is not just against the flesh, but we're fighting against the spiritual authorities in the, in the heavenly realms, the spiritual forces of evil that are out there, that are surrounding us and that are always looking for an opportunity to lead us away from God. And John 8, Jesus is having a confrontation with the Pharisees again. And he really gets strong with them here in John 8th chapter. In verse 44 of John 8, he says, You belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language For he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus is strong here. And he's he's just making it very clear. You can't trust anything Satan says. Even if he quotes scripture, you better know what his intent is. It is not to help you to know God better. He'll, he'll, He'll distort the word of God to lead you away from the truth. And then Paul is trying to help Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 
He's trying to help this young evangelist to understand what he's up against. And in 2 Timothy 2, verse 24, Paul tells Timothy, he says, Look, in the large servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful, which is not always easy to do. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth. And that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who's taking them captive to do his will. You see, Satan lays down a trap so that we can fall into that and lose our relationship with God, lose our hope of heaven. He's trying to entrap all of us. He's trying to entrap your children. He's trying to entrap your relatives. He's trying to entrap you. And he's looking to to take people captive, to enslave them, to make them his possession, so that they will do his will. He is the strong man. We're up against a foe who never sleeps, who never gives up, who never takes us off his board, who never says, I'm going to let you go. He's always after us. He is the strong man. But we cannot overcome him on our own. Because we've got to understand that that we're not strong enough, but we have somebody on our side who is stronger than the devil. Who's stronger than the strong man. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He cannot be defeated. He's never lost a battle. And he's on our side. But he's telling us, be careful. Be careful. Satan is looking to entrap you and all the people that you love. And so my, 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 my first point is we've got to know who the strong man is. Second point, we must bind up Satan in our lives. So you have to bind him up in your life before you can go and try to help untangle somebody else. Because if you're not dealing with him in your own personal life, in your effort to help someone else, you may be entrapped. You may fall away. So, we've got to understand. Satan never gives up. You know, I wish that once we got baptized, that was the end of the battle. That you repented, you got baptized, you had your quiet time, and then the devil went, you know what, I give up. I'm going to let you go. Now, I've been a Christian 40 years now, 40 plus years. And I can tell you, he doesn't give up one month, one week, one day, one hour. He's still after me. Even though I'm what you would call an old Christian by now, He's still like, you know what? I still want you back. And, and that's, that's true for all of us. You know, even as he tempted the Lord in Luke 4 and verse 13, the Bible says when the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until a more opportune time. You know, Satan even tried to lead Jesus astray, who is stronger than him. And then when he couldn't, because Jesus kept using the word, it is written, it is written, he, didn't, he never gave up on the Lord. He just kept looking for another opportunity. 
which he never got because Jesus remained faithful to the end. And you've got to understand that if Satan will go after Jesus, what do you think that means for you? Surely he's going to go after you. First Peter 5 verse 8, Peter tells us, and Peter should know this because he saw Satan working in his life. He says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Looking. He is looking. He is looking for the disciples who don't have their day to quiet time. He's looking for the disciples who are bitter and don't deal with bad attitudes. He's looking for the marriages that are weak, that are not dealing with arguments and conflict and are holding on to grudges. He's looking for that brother who won't get off the Internet, but who who keeps feeding his mind pornography and, and, and immoral thoughts. He's looking for that woman who is discontent, who feels that God hasn't blessed her the way he has blessed others. And he's just looking for that door, that that crack, that little little space in your heart where he can come in and lead you away from God. And he never gives up. He never stops watching to see if there's an opportunity. And you may think this is a joke. It's no joke. He's alive. He's real. And he's after us. And he's after our children. And what does Peter tell us? He says, resist him. Standing firm in the faith. Because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And you may think sometimes, well, nobody's really facing what I'm facing. That's not true. There are brothers and sisters all over the world, all throughout this church, who are facing the same challenges that you're facing, and they're saying no to the devil. And if they can say no, you can say no. But you've got to resist him. You've got to resist him. Did you resist him this week? Did you put up a fight? See, because there's so much easy prey out there that if you resist him, he'll flee from you for a while. Because there's so many who do not resist. You know, Satan, he's trying to infiltrate the church. He wants to be on the membership roll. Because the best way to take the church down is from the inside out. And so he tries to use Christians to tear down the church. Now, Satan used Judas to be the one to betray Jesus. Judas! You may ask, how could that happen? I mean, there was Judas. He was with the Lord every day. He saw his heart. He saw his compassion. He saw his love. He saw the miracles. He saw Jesus raise people from the dead. He saw Jesus feed 5,000 people from a picnic basket. He saw Jesus walk on the water. He saw Jesus quiet the storm. He saw Jesus do amazing things. And with all those things he saw... His greed and his selfishness, Satan preyed on it and led him astray. In Luke 21 and 22, in verse 1, it says, Now the festival of the unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching. And the chief priests and chiefs of the law were looking for a way to get rid of Jesus. For they were afraid of the people. See, Satan had already led them astray. Then Satan entered Judas. 
That's a scary passage of scripture. Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot one of the twelve. How was Satan able to enter Judas? Satan can only enter you if you open up your heart to him. He can't, he can't get in if God's in there. If the Holy Spirit's in there, he, he's not going to get in there. But if you open yourself up, even if you repent and get baptized, if you don't continue to fill yourself up with Jesus and fill yourself up with the Word of God and spend time with other spiritual people and you don't put anything in there, Satan's coming in. says, well, I got rid of him. Well, look, he's still trying to get back in. Look at what the Bible says in Matthew 12, verse 43. Matthew 12, verse 43 says, When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places. Looking at places, seeking rest, and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied. Swept clean, put in order. Repented and baptized. (laughs) Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there, and the final condition of that man is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. Let me tell you something. If you don't get serious about your relationship with God, and trying to become a spiritual person, walking in the footsteps of Jesus, Satan will come back into your life, and your final condition will be worse than it was before you even became a Christian. This is serious stuff here. You know, this 52-day challenge, you needed that challenge. You know, one of my challenges was, Sam, make sure you spend quality, quiet time with God every day. That you pray with your wife every day. I don't know what day it is. What, day 43, you said? We've done it all 43 days. Cynthia and I, we, 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 we're on it. Praise God. But let me tell you, there have been some days when Satan has gone, you don't need to pray. Getting a little late. Aren't you tired? You already prayed 40 days. Maybe you can rely on those 40 days to make up for the day. But let me tell you, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I need, I eat every day. I need God every day. I need prayer every day. I need the word every day. But Satan's looking for an opportunity. He don't care how long you've been a Christian. He don't care how spiritual your wife or your husband is. He's after you. He's looking for that open door. And we've got to bind him up. Bind him up. You're not getting in here. No room in this inn. Too much Jesus in here for you. Too much Bible in here for you. Too much prayer in here for you. Too many godly thoughts in here for you. Too much goodness, too much humility in here for you. Too much righteousness in here for you. Go find somebody else that the end is full. No vacancy in my heart. No room in my heart for the devil. Get behind me. Go someplace else. If you don't think the devil can take you down, think about King David for a minute. Man after God's own heart. Decided to take a vacation from God. Stop fighting the battle. And that one evening that he decided 
that he was not going to uphold that same righteous standard he'd been holding to, his life changed forever. Satan came in and ransacked his life. And he ended up committing adultery and even murdering a man. And while he was stressing out, troubled, Satan was laughing. Gotcha. I don't care what you were or what you did. I don't care if you did slay Goliath. If you don't keep slinging and sling, slinging that, 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 swinging that sword every day and fighting that good fight every day, the day that you decide you want to step outside of Christianity, take a vacation from God, Satan will come in and turn your life upside down. This is serious. I hope the singles are listening to me here today. I hope you're listening. Because sometimes we get a little discouraged and we get a little depressed and we get a little anxious and we get a little upset, baby, because God ain't blessed us. So let me tell you, the devil ain't going to bless you no more. He's not going to, he's not, he doesn't have something better to offer you. You hang in there and you hold on to sweet Jesus. Life is more than just having a husband or a wife. We've been trying to tell y'all marriage is good, but marriage ain't easy. There ain't no man in the world that can be, can do more for you than Jesus can. Matter of fact, some man might just mess up your life. I know some women wish they were still single after they got married. I ain't gonna say who. I ain't gonna call out nobody. But you better hang in there. Some of you married people, y'all done lost your mind talking about you wanna leave your spouse. We tried to hold you back. We tried to slow you down. Now you stuck with them and you hang in there. You fix the situation. You become more like Jesus. Satan is looking for a way to lead you away from God. You stood up there. You said those crazy things on the day you got married. We will hold you to it. You hang in there. I don't have time to talk to the college students and the teens. But if Jesus is not first in your life, you don't lost your mind. You're crazy. Because Satan will take place. He'll come in there and he'll lead you away from God. What does James tell us in James 4, verse 7? James says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. He'll do what, church? Resist him in what? He'll do what? But what do you have to do? Resist him. Time again. Resist him. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Submit to God. You're not smart enough. You don't know enough. Submit. Do what God tells you to do, even when you don't feel like doing. Submit. That's what submission is. I don't feel like going to church. Go anyway. I don't feel like reading my Bible. Read it anyway. I don't feel like a disciple is discipling time. Go and have it anyway. I don't feel like saying no to sin. Say no anyway. You submit to God. You keep submitting to God. Because if you don't submit to God, Satan will be looking for you to submit to him. Resist the devil. Tell him no. Say it out loud. No. You got to tell him. Says, man, I know you're trying to get me to look at this. I know you're trying to get me to say that. I got, I got a word for you. No. Not going to do it. Sometimes in my marriage, I've thought some things to my wife, about my wife. Maybe I should say to her that I tell myself, no, don't say that. Are you crazy? Because once you say it, you can't unsay it. 
You can apologize all week long, but she still don't hurt it. And let me tell you, women got long memories. <laughs> Resist the devil. He says, come near to God. How close are you to God this morning? How close are you to God? How near are you to Him? Is He your shepherd? Is He your rock? Is He your fortress? Is He your El Sadai? Is He your, your heavenly Father? Is He your refuge? Is He your strength? you got to come near to Him. Because if you come near to God, then Satan is not going to want to be near you. But if you're not close to God, he wants to be close to you and he will be close to you. So we must bind him up in our own lives. And then finally, we must bind up Satan in the lives of others. I think sometimes we forget why we have the gospel. The gospel is not just for us to hold on to. The word gospel means good news. And the reason God gave it to you, yes, you need to cherish it. You need to praise God for it. But he gave it to you so you can give it away. So you can give it away. Not so that you can keep it to yourself. That's, that's why you have it. Luke eleven twenty one. Luke eleven says 21 says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, His possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up his plunder. See, the world doesn't have the answer to overcoming sin or overcoming Satan. But we do. Because we know the stronger man. And that man is Jesus. We know Jesus. And what does the world need? Oh, it, it, there are a lot of things that can make a little difference in the world, but none can make a difference like Jesus. The world needs Jesus. Even the guy driving the Mercedes or the BMW or the Lexus needs Jesus. Even the person that's got the nice suit on and, and the names of clothes that all you can do is look at it in the store window and you know you'll never own that unless you go get a knockoff down there in Chinatown somewhere. So like you know you'll never own it. Even that person needs Jesus. No matter what color their skin is, they need Jesus. No matter what background they are, they need Jesus. No matter whatever education level they have, they need Jesus. Because without Jesus, they belong not to God. They belong to the strong man. They're his possession. And they may not realize it, but he's taking them captive to do his will. And God is saying, I want you to help me rescue them. To release the captives. To show them the way out. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of God. Who is the image of God? They don't see what you see. They don't see how awesome it is to have a relationship with Jesus or how great the gospel is. So we must introduce them to the stronger man. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus is the only one who can bind up Satan and take away his possessions.
Only one. You guys remember that story of the demoniac? You remember Legion? You've used it. You've heard it in Bible talks. Some Bible talks that were led did a good job. Others just you wondered if they were talking about Satan worship or whatever. They confused you. I don't know what happened. But in Mark 5, verse 1, it says, When they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs as no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he'd often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him until Jesus came along. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus has said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Jesus bound up the strong man. And that's what he wants to do in the lives of people in the Bronx. Because they're enslaved. And he's saying to you and me, I need you to help me. You see, our world is out of control. Just let me remind you where our world is. Out of control. In the United States today, more than half of all couples move in together before they get married. No standard. America has the highest divorce rate in the world. Yeah, we're living together, but marriage is still not working for us. For women under the age of 30 in the United States, more than half of all babies are being born out of wedlock. And God designed for there to be a mother and a father because that works best. That works best. About one-third of all American women have had an abortion by the age of 45. Every single year, there are 20 million new STD cases in America. In case you don't know what STD is, that's sexually transmitted diseases. America has the highest STD infection rate in the entire industrialized world because we're out of control. Americans in, in, in the 15 to 24 age group account for about 50% of all STD cases each year. It costs our nation $16 billion a year to treat our sexually transmitted diseases. There are 106,216 registered sex offenders in the state of California alone and 750,000 in the United States alone. That's not up there, but I know that. The average high school boy spends two hours on adult websites every single week. I think these people need Jesus. And on and on we could go. It has been estimated that 89% of all pornography is produced in the United States. Satan just doesn't visit here. He lives here. America has the highest incarceration rate and the largest total prison population in the entire world by a wide margin. In America today, there are 60 million people that abuse alcohol and drug and alcohol, and there are 22 million people that use illegal drugs. We've been there. We've seen it. It's still going on. 
In the United States today, prescription painkillers kill more Americans than heroin and cocaine combined. America has the highest rate of illegal drug use on the, on the entire planet. According to the federal government, the number of heroin addicts in the United States has more than doubled since 2002. According to the FBI, there are more than 1.4 million gang members involved in 33,000 active criminal gangs in the United States. That's because of the breakdown in the family. There are more than 3 million reports of child abuse in the United States every single year. Of all the major industrialized nations, America is the most obese. Sorry to tell you, but Mexico is number two. What does it tell us? Out of control. Bound up by the strong man. Needing to be set free. I tell you what, it breaks my heart when I think about my own family. People that are captive by the devil. We pray for them every day. That somehow they'll find their way out. But I know the only way out is Jesus. The only way out is the gospel. You know, Jesus came in and he healed Legion. He healed the demoniac. And at the end of it all, it says that he came to Jesus and he begged to go with him. In verse 19, Jesus did not let him but said, go home to your own family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went and spread the good news throughout the Decapolis. Church, let's help Jesus bind up the strong man. Will you help us bind up the strong man who's taking the Bronx captive? Yes, you've been set free, but that's not enough. Will you help us set someone else free from being captive by the devil? He can be defeated. He will be defeated. But in the lives of millions, they belong to him. They're in his captivity. Next Sunday, we're going to have a special Bible Talk Leaders meeting. And I want to invite all of our mission group leaders and assistants and anybody else who would like to help us begin taking captives away from devil, from the devil and bring them into God's dominion. You can come and you can hear us come together, making every effort to set the captives free. That's what we're called to do. You know, God, we, we've been asking something. I've been praying, God, you know, we, we need help. We need help. Two million people in the Bronx that are lost. Too many in that list of statistics that we just looked at. Help us. And so, you know, you guys know we had Maurice and Lauren Hooks come. And, and they met with the deacons and they met with the elders. And they told their church this week that they're leaving Kansas and moving to the Bronx. So, we, we got some help coming. I hope we're getting ready. So, officially, Maurice and Lauren Hooks are going to be on the New York staff, and they're going to be working to help the Bronx ministry win the Bronx for New York. And to God be the glory. 
That's now public news, and I'm fired up about it. But they're not the answer by themselves. It's going to take all of us coming together. See, because we can bind up the strong man with God's help and see people escape the devil's trap and come to Jesus. We're going to witness that right now. As we have a brother, a young man, I don't know if he's young or I don't know how old he is, but he's old enough to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. We're going to witness a baptism at this time. And then we're going to sing a great song together. And, and we're going to go out and seek and save the lost. You can make a difference. That person on the bus, the train, the laundromat, the Home Depot, wherever you happen to be, whatever store, Christmas tree store, I don't know what store you go to, Kmart, whatever, Jacques Panay, whatever you go to, there's somebody in there bound by the devil. Seek, reach out, invite them so that they can be set free. God bless.